What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to talk all things Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys get their 11th win of the season against the Detroit Lions in, in, in a weird, funny, crazy fashion. You know what? We don't care either way. The Cowboys win 20 to 19. And before we really get into it, Aiden, happy new year. How are you? Happy New Year. Um, I I don't know. I'm good. <laughs> we got the win. <laughs> hey. Man, did it come with controversy? That <laughs> wow. That was uh, a that was a weird one. <laughs> that was I, I put a tweet out and it didn't get as much like love as I thought it was going to, but uh, I compared it to like the 2007 Bills game when Nick Folk had to kick it like three times or two times. Do you remember that? I know you were young, but and I was young too, but. Uh, no, I was no? not going. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I know you're going to the you know the Texas playoff game today. So on your on your travels there, type in Nick Folk Buffalo Bills 2007. Watch that sequence unfold, and you'll and you'll be like, wow, tonight was like a walk in the park, really. So <laughs> trust me. So I, the older fans will know that. I oh, was, is this the? Yeah, okay. I've seen. I've watched highlights of this. Yeah, you had to kick yeah. it like two times. The Cowboys had to yeah. drive down Terrell Owens. The whole thing. They didn't play well up until that point. Still won the game on Monday Night Football. So, um, I digress. Um, with that being said. Let's jump right into it. Cowboys went 20 to 19. Dak Prescott hooped. Um, Tony Pollard did not. Um, CD Lamb is an absolute monster, but that's an over oversimplification. So, Aiden, go ahead and give me your initial thoughts of this uh, this crazy win we got. So, here's my thing. I I really don't like when we were talking last week on the show. I I don't know if you remember this, but you asked me like, what's the one thing you wanted to see in this game? And all I said, I just want to see the defense to show up. Like, I just want, for one game since, like, dating back to the Commanders, the last time we played the Commanders, I haven't seen the defense play well and just say, like, no, you're not going to move down the field. You're punting all night long. We're going to stop you. And up until that last two-minute drive, I saw everything I needed to see from the defense. That was the defense from the beginning of the season. And so I'm actually pretty content. We know the offense can do their thing. Yeah, they've had two little bit creaky, like shaky games, I guess three, including the Bills game. It's not like the offense has looked perfect over the last three weeks, but we know the offense can get the job done. For the first time in a long time, also, I saw the defense show up. Yeah, it wasn't like the win came with controversy. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't perfect, but they got the win, and I saw the defense show up again. I know the offense can do their thing, so I'm actually pretty confident. Like yeah. I, It wasn't perfect, but I'm I'm happy with how that played out. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I mean, when I look at it, right, uh, everything is what it is. We're in a results based industry. We're in a, a results based world. But for me, if you really want to break it down and look at the nuances of things that happen, the Cowboys often scored 20 points, but they were an uncharacteristic Dak Prescott pick away from at least three points. Um, CeeDee Lamb is about to score a touchdown. You know what I mean? And the fumbles are through the end zone. Um, so there's a 10 point swing. We're talking about even if, you know, the whole thing we'll get into with the you know report not report if if the Lions just kick the extra point we're talking about a 30 to 20 game at a minimum we're talking like a 26 or 27 game you know to 20 so at the very least the Cowboys left a lot of points on the board and to your point the defense stood up when they had to I mean Jordan Luce making a pick Donovan Wilson making a pick two guys that have really kind of gotten um the the end of the stick here that not people have been too happy with this year and uh yeah, you're right. This was a performance where uh, 
you know, after following the Bills game and some of these other games this year where you're like, man, this defense can't get out of their own way. Like this team is they're overhyped. They're, you know, this defense is super overhyped, but they they answered the bell. They were hitting, they were tackling, they were they were flying to the football, they were making plays. It was the unheralded guys. Like it's just you're right. It was super impressive. That is the type of thing you need to see. And when you play teams like the Detroit Lions, eleven win teams, and you're gonna play the 49ers and the Eagles. It's not always going to be cute. It's not always going to be pretty. What can you win? You know what I mean? Just can you win a football game? Because there's got to be playoff games that are going to look eerily similar to that, right? Like this Cowboys able, this team's able to score 40 points a game, but I don't know if we're going to be seeing that in the divisional round, championship round of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that because as I was, so I was at the game last night and about the second quarter hit, and I just thought, I'm just going to keep a tally of everything that's going wrong for us because it just seems like left and right, everything is like not going our way. So I decided to just keep a list. And this is probably not everything. So if I miss something, forgive me. Go off. But here's, every th here's everything that was working against us in this game. You mentioned it. CD fumbles out of the end zone. Dak early interception. Stupid penalties. Not officiating. Not bad officiating. This is us being stupid. Like the Tyron Smith false start. Micah offsides, and then the Hendershot tripping, which, yeah, might not have been tripping. The all st stupid penalties on our side were working against us. Drops from Pollard, Lamb, Ferguson. Bad pass protection, even from Tyron Smith just letting Aiden Hutchinson through. Fake punt conversion, injury to Tyler Smith, letting the Lions march down the field with 120 left when all you need is a stop. A bad night for Bland, a bad night for a run defense, especially in the second half. Zero running game help, zero help from any weapon not named Cooks or Lamb. Most importantly, an absolute stinker of a play calling game for Mike McCarthy. All of that was working against you, and you beat an 11 and 4 team. How could we be upset? Like, right. there was in a given game, maybe one, two, three of those things I listed happen to have all that happen in one game and you mm -hmm. still find a way to win. That's grit. That's toughness. I'm, dude, I'm happy. Yeah, 100%. I said the same thing. I said, this is a resilient win. Like, don't don't get caught up in the in the nonsense and how they're going to they're gonna package this and deliver it to us all week that the Cowboys got gifted. It's nonsense. They had their own adversity they had to overcome, and they had their own situations. Tyler Smith is hurt. Um, they don't expect it to be a big thing, but he could be out for a while. So now you're fighting through that with, a, with an undrafted rookie at left guard. Um, Ty, like you said, Ty, obviously Tyron Smith isn't 100%. He hadn't given him a sack all year and then gives it up and gives up some pressure to Aiden Hutchinson, which... He's a great football player, but Tyron Smith hasn't given up a pressure or a sack to like anybody all year. So it's like obviously Tyron Smith's better when he's when he's healthy. Tyron Smith is right. better than Aiden. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and so the thing is for me, you you hit the nail on the head. Like there were so many things that the Cowboys had to respond to themselves. So and then I I look at it on the other side of the coin too. It's like oh the Cowboys had to you know get lucky and all the stupid rhetoric that's gonna come up out of that. But Detroit had to you know fake the punt. <laughs> they had to absolutely go for the win because they didn't want to even play around with overtime. You know what I mean? They they knew. I mean, let's keep it 100% here. Dan Campbell will get labeled as somebody who's a, you know, a risk taker. He's somebody who's going to go out there and and try to go for the jugular. I I'm I bet you in the back of his mind he's like Dak Prescott is hooping right now. Like I don't want to give this guy the football in overtime. I don't want to give the guy this, you know, even he probably didn't love the idea of giving the football back with 23 seconds. He knew he had to try to finish the game there and I think that's where the emotion came where I mean, with with Brandon Aubrey, you probably got to only get to the 47 yard line for him to have a chance. You know what I mean? A 67, yep. 68 yard field goal is possible. So, 
you you only have to go 25, you know, 30 yards in 23 seconds with a timeout. So let's not act like this game was over because T Taylor Decker didn't do his job correctly. You know, so with that being said, there is a lot to take from that. And um, you're right. I love this. I've said this before. It's almost my company line. I like to learn lessons in victory, not defeat. And there is a lot to take from this game positively. And you can take the you can take the uh, the the frustrations with a, with some sugar now because you won. Yeah, I was thinking about this after we won last night. How many times over the last, let's say, since the Jason Garrett era, have the Cowboys just like laid a stinker of a performance and beat a ten-win team? I'd right. say like zero times. Like this is you beat a ten-win team when you played. Out, unless your name was Dak Prescott or C.D. Lamb, you played a bad football game, a sloppy, ugly football game, or Brandon Cooks. Like, <laughs> everybody else, like, it was just, it wasn't great all around, especially the, come like, play calling was a disaster. Like, you don't win these games in the past. These are, loss, these are losses on the Cowboys schedule where you're like, man, we had them, we just played sloppy, and we beat ourselves. No, we played sloppy, we beat ourselves, and we still got out with a win. Be happy. Like, that's right. huge. And yeah. you know what I'll say about this is press as impressive or as impressed as I am about this game. I I'm also a little annoyed and, and stick, stay with me with this. I'm a little annoyed because it takes for them to have their back against the wall, lose two in a row. People start questioning their legitimacy. All of a sudden, you know, this tough defense and these guys who are talk big all week, all season long are, are now the ones saying like, see where we, we are who we said we are, like nobody should doubt us. And it's like, so it, coming into this game foolishly, I was like, I feel really good about this. Like there's just too many mental and personal factors in this where I think the Cowboys are going to show up and, and show out. So I didn't feel that way against Buffalo. I didn't feel that way against Miami, but like against Detroit because of the 0-2, I'm like, man, this team's going to respond. And where my beef with that is, it's like, why, why not just the good teams find a way to make it personal every single week, right? Like Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, those guys would be like, he didn't say hello to my mother. You know what I mean? Like, so, and now it's personal. So um, I don't want to have you back against the wall and you have to come up swinging. I want you swinging from the jump and uh, you know, Hey, they got to win. So I'm not mad about that, but it's just like, I want this more consistently. So I, I did, this thought did cross through my mind in the third quarter, specifically after I watched the seventh or eighth consecutive first and 10 run in a row from McCarthy. Do you think they're starting to save some of their ammo? Like, like, do you think we're getting like M McCarthy's going into, okay, let's save some play. Let's, let's save some ammo for the, because I mean, even the, even the balls that were in the air tonight, it was a lot of slants to CD with like little creativity. Do you think Mike McCarthy's, maybe saving some knowing that the five seeds it's close to a lock given i'm obviously a lot can happen but you know they'll probably not tell you but i think i think dan quinn has shown and mike mccarthy has shown in the past that there may be some merit to that even if it's just a little bit right like i don't think they're doing anything that's gonna and i know you're not saying this but they're, they're probably not doing anything that's gonna be like okay we're not gonna give everything we got into this game but they might have a couple tricks up their sleeve that they're waiting a la dan quinn using Israel Mukuamu in the first round of the playoffs last year nobody's seeing it you know what i mean yeah. like there are some play calls and some things that i'm certain that Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy are like, this is money. I love this. Let's wait for, you know, the wild card weekend or let's wait till the divisional round. So, um, yeah, I do think that and that's what I love about the playoffs is the, the, the play level kicks up, the intensity kicks up, the the IQ of it all has to kick up. And I do believe there's merit in that. And um, yeah, I but I also believe come some of that becomes from 
earned ignorance where this team feels like they can go out there and just, you know, we're better. We're going to line it up. Let's go run it and, and, I, and we can beat you. And I think that's part of kind of the DNA of this team, whether it's right or wrong, but that's how they feel. I mean, and they have the correct, like, last night or on Saturday night, it was just the Cowboys versus the Lions in a, like, there wasn't, it was, it was a weird game. It was, it wasn't like either team was just giving it all they had, but it was just like, okay, we're just going to go shot for shot of CeeDee Lamb versus, at at times it felt, especially in the second half, CeeDee Lamb versus Jameer Gibbs and Amara St. Brown, and we'll just see who wins this game. Like, yeah. we're not going to get creative <laughs> with our weapons. It's just, maybe we'll throw a deep pass to James Williams. We're just going to trade shots all night and see who comes out on top. And the Cowboys did. You know what I love about that is, I th- in years past, maybe Dak Prescott, maybe Kellen Moore, this team would get cute about who their best players are and how they would ration the you know the opportunities, right? Like, how many times would you be like, just force feed Amari Cooper the football, force feed him, and they, like, they just wouldn't do it. Like, they're always known to just find the open guy, make the right read, make the throw. <laughs> when you look at CeeDee Lamb, it's 13 receptions, 227 yards, and a touchdown, and nobody else has, has more than five. And it's Brandon Cooks with five for 60. Like, this is a team that understands what makes the team go, right? Like, I mean, uh, mind you, like I said, C.D. Lamb, 227 receiving yards. Dak's got 345. He's got two-thirds of his of his production to one man. And you know what? If they if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I and I love seeing it. Yeah, yeah 17 targets to C.D. Lamb. Like, that is, a, you know, why is this not the game plan every game? I mean, <laughs> it, it's it kind of has been this over the back half of the season, so it's not like I can complain about a lack of cd lamb targets but like when the offense isn't working dude just get it to cd lamb this is it's all those fails right such i an, mean <laughs> it's such an easy equation of yeah if the if you get to playoff time and the runs aren't working and you maybe the seam up the middle to jake ferguson that you're guaranteed to run every game that's not working just force feed it to cd lamb i don't care who's on him he's better yeah, Let and I think CD Lamb be your focal point moving forward. And I think that's kind of part of uh, his frustration. Remember, in at the 49ers game, he was checked out. He was on the sideline. He felt like he was yeah. phased out. Like when you act like that, you better be able to act like he has been now, right? Like, and and CD Lamb has said, "Just give me the ball. Just give me the football. Just let me find a way." And even if you took out, you know, the 92 yard anomaly, you're still talking about a guy with like 150, you know, 140 passing uh, receiving yards. So it's it's crazy, man. The guys in it's funny. I we talk about this, but remember when I he was not a wide receiver one, so and so. Some you know some <laughs> analyst said so. It's yep. it's so funny to me. It really is. But before we kind of change topics and switch over to our next thing here, I just want to do a little deeper dive into the stats. Like we said, Dak twenty six for thirty eight. Uh, twenty six for thirty eight, three hundred and forty five passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception, had a rating of one hundred three point five. Tony Pollard, not very impressive, but he did find ways to get some gritty runs at the end. Right when they thought he was out, they pulled you back in with the 16 carries, 49 yards, 3.1 average, not great. Um, Deuce Vaughn, only two carries, man. So um, it, it, I know everybody wants to release the small running back, but when Rico Dowdle ain't out there, they don't have comfort to give anybody else the football. And it's very evident that if it's not Rico, it's not anybody else. And so that's interesting to me. Um, we went over Lamb, 13 receptions, 227 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, the next closest, with five for 60 and a touchdown. Ferguson, you know, with a modest four for 33. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the big numbers. Anything jump out at you? Anything that you want to d- dive deeper into? 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm honestly surprised Tony Pollard hit 3.1 yards of carry. That amazing. Yeah. If you would make me guess about how many yards, what, what his yards per carry was, I would have guessed low twos, high like one point somethings. That 3.1, okay. Bad night for Tony Pollard. Bad night for... it. I, I don't actually really place this all... like He had nowhere to go. The Lions' right. run defense is just good, and they were shutting down the run all night. I'm not putting this on Pollard. I'm putting this on McCarthy, who continued to give Pollard the ball. But um, yeah, overall, uh, it was a master... We have, we haven't actually really addressed it. It was a great night for Dak Prescott. The one interception yeah. was bad. But I think mm-hmm. he he knew he had a he thought he had a free play. Uh, yeah, a free play. So you can't yeah. really pin that interception too much yeah. on him. But great night for Dak Prescott all around. Even yeah. a lot of those incompletions were drops. He was dealing tonight. And I will say this is totally personal and nobody cares but me. But um Afatu Melifan was from my area. He's a, a Worcester kid like I am. So for him to pick that ball off, I was I was like, you got to be kidding me. Anybody else but him, you know? So, um, no, but yeah, you're right. I think um, that was stuff that Dak has found a way to get out of his game this year. He hasn't done that very too often. You know, roll right, be late, understand. Like, why are you throwing this comeback that, like, you know, everyone's ready for? But um, you're right. I think part of it was the cadence was on point. He thought he had them jumped off. I thought he had them jumped off as well. Um but apparently he did not. But yeah, you know what? Shake it off. But that's it. Like you said earlier in the game, you got that interception. That's a you know seven. That's a ten point swing because they go down and score a touchdown or whatever. And we don't get three at the minimum. Then CD Lamb fumbles through in the worst rule in football, and you know you're losing seven points or three points there. So there's a lot to um, plus and minus this game. People want to think like that one Taylor Decker situation is gonna be the end all be all because it's the end is highlighted. But there were so many situations that the Cowboys could have just put a nail in the coffin in this game, and they weren't able to because of their own ineptitude or whatever the case may be. So, um, should should we touch on that Taylor Decker, or do yeah. we have a do we have something lined up for that? So later? I do have it lined up. It's the next okay. segment. We don't have to spend too okay. too much time on it, but let, let's talk about it. Um, let's talk about the referees. Let's talk about it in that situation. Let's talk about it as a whole. Um, as as egregious as people in Detroit want this to feel like. You mentioned the Peyton Hendershot situation. That's far more egregious to me. Aiden Hutchinson sticks his leg out, tries to get a tripping call, and they bang Peyton Hendershot with it for a 15-yard flag. That change, changes the complexion that gives the Lions a chance to even score and have a drive at the end. 
let's talk about the referees. Let's talk about that Taylor Decker situation. But I think there's a bigger conversation to be had here, Aiden. Yeah, you're right. I think the difference is... Hmm. Yeah, okay. So just a review. If you haven't seen it, you don't know. And Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been seeing a lot of the reports that have been come out, a lot of the interviews with the referees, like Brad Allen, mm-hmm. the full reports. From my understanding... If you and if you look at the video, Taylor Decker does walk up to the referee. He does report. However, you then see what's his name? I I continue to blank Dan on his Skipper. name. Dan Skipper. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he was a cowboy Skipper, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, Dan Skipper then runs up to the ref. The ref then turns away and says, "Number seven is reporting. Number seventy is reporting is eligible." He tells the defense that, and you can also as somebody who's in the stadium, you you could hear number 70 is reporting is eligible. Now, the issue with, like, Jared Goff heard that too. Everybody in that huddle heard number 70 is reporting is eligible. You They just didn't have a timeout to burn. Like, I'm I'm not, it was bad officiating. Number 68, it should, they should have said number 68 is reporting is eligible. But I have a tough time believing if you d- walked up to our defense and said number 68 is reporting is eligible, like, Maybe not, but I I have a t- like. Maybe somebody has a guy if he like a body on the guy if he slips out. Like, don't you think the defense would be looking maybe looking a little bit closer at six? Like, hundred percent. Defense was told number seventies reporting is eligible. It was bad officiating, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like oh no don't don't worry they they got the call right the Cowboys are chilling. It was bad officiating, but at the same time we were told number seventies reporting is eligible. I'm sure the linebacker had an extra eye on number 70 as opposed to number 68 who ended up catching the ball. So I pieced all this together and that's a, that's well said. That's a great explanation of it, especially from being in the house where you heard it. You can hear the Brad Allen or whatever and all of them talking about it in real time. You're in that moment. Um, but Brad Sham, you know, voice of the Cowboys, he put a good tweet out and I'm kind of breaking down a little bit. He said, cause somebody asked him, and he said, somebody please explain the illegal, illegal touch by the Lions. And Brad Sham said, he reported but didn't play end. The other guy, he played tackle, and the tackle moved out to end, but he didn't report. So basically, in my mind, from what I saw, and people aren't you know burying the lead here, is if it wasn't an illegal touching, it'd be an illegal formation, right? There was two flags. And so Taylor Decker... Make the play is designed for him, but he's at the end of the line covered up by a wide receiver on the same side. Dan Skipper is checked in and, and eligible, so he's eligible to get the pass. But because they threw it to Taylor Decker, it becomes illegal touching. Well, they could have hit him with a legal formation anyway because of Decker being lined up wrong. So there was two ways that this team didn't do it correctly, regardless of how people want to talk about it, right? Like, and I, I put a tweet out and said, even if they did it correctly and they both went over there and they acknowledged that they, you know, they're checking in and 70 and 68 and they're trying to do this whole deception thing. You hit the money on the head. The you can't fool a defense with the alignment. You have to, it has to be known. And and Jordan Lewis said it and uh, Donovan Wilson said it too. If 68 was eligible, we would have covered him. Like what That's, we, yeah. <laughs> if we knew, if we could hear that he was covered, we would have covered him. There was four guys standing there. Dog and Marcus Lawrence almost got a hand on it. Malik Cooker almost got a hand on it. Donovan Wilson almost got a hand on it. And Decker caught the ball. But nobody was thinking to cover the guy who wasn't eligible. So it's just, it's, I mean, I don't know if I if I helped or hurt the cause there. But Aiden, what do you think about what Brad Sham said and kind of how that's broken down too? 
No, and that's what Brad Allen said in the poll report too. He said, "Yeah, there was an like, if we didn't call the illegal touching, we had other penalties. Like this was not it. The play didn't work." Now, granted, Lions fans, I do feel bad for you. Like, yeah, it kind of sucks. Sure, I I understand. Like to lose off illegal touching because a, a player reports wrong when you see a player walk up to the referee. I understand that sucks. I just don't think you can place this all at officiating. I mean, we talked about it all season. Officiating isn't great. We're not going to act like it's perfect. But you're right. There was the hinder shot. There was the hinder shot, quote-unquote, tripping call. There was the Dak Prescott could have been offsides, which would have negated the interception. Like, refs get calls wrong. We know this. We've been watching this all season. Welcome to the NFL. Like, I understand Lions fans. It does suck, but, like, I'm not going to apologize for the win. Well, let's also talk about this. They're fixating on one single play, one single moment, one single mistake. Whether Lions fans want to tell you it's the referee's fault, where everybody else will tell you Decker and and Skipper and Dan Campbell should have done this better in a more correct manner. It doesn't matter because they keep harping. Well, we told them it was coming at the beginning of the game. We let them know we were doing it. In the moment, like, is is the Brad Allen supposed to be like, oh, this is the call they've been working on all week? Like, no, you got to declare, check in correctly, do it right. If, if Brad Allen don't catch you, grab him by the shoulder. I know you're trying to be devious here and you're trying to be mysterious and you're trying to get over on somebody, but that's not how it works, right? Like, you don't get to just pretend and act. And I I told you in spirit, I was checking in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's and, – and I even bring this up to say, okay, they didn't get that one. They move it back to seven yards. Then Micah Parsons gets drawn off sides. And that negates Jared Goff's interception. Game-losing interception, right, on, on that. So now we're like, oh, we don't remember that one. Right. And then they go down to the three and a half because it's half the distance. Now you get a third shot at this, right? The first one, you didn't line up correctly. The second one, you got bailed out by an offsides that Jared Goff threw a pick and he did that twice already in the game. And then you, the third one, you throw it to your fourth tight end at the two yard line, doesn't come up catch. And there's two people to rally there and make a play anyway. The Lions lost this football game. I don't care what anybody else says. And I'm not saying this as a biased Cowboys fan. I'm saying this as somebody who watched football. Like, yeah, you had three opportunities from the three and a half to two yard line. And you didn't get it done. That is, I know you want to blame the the refs. Don't let Dan Campbell's, you know, attitude and demeanor, tough guy act fool you. You guys dropped the ball. They didn't. You did. Also, and this is, I'm, I'm gonna have to address a sore subject here because, like, Cowboys fans, we we know Des caught it, but we do acknowledge, like, we don't often acknowledge there was time on the clock if Des caught it for Aaron Rodgers to yeah. drive down the field. Rodgers similar with thing. us. Yeah. Similar with us though. If you call that if you don't call that penalty on Taylor Decker, you allow it to be a two point conversion. Dexel is twenty three seconds in a timeout. And you mentioned it. He only needs thirty, 30 yards. yards. Thirty five yards. Twenty five yeah. yards. If he gets to the yeah. fifty, he's got a shot at a sixty seven yard field goal. Yeah, are you to like I didn't want to see it. As somebody who was at the game, I was like, oh, please. I Please be on the Lions here. But, like, I I have faith in Dak. I've watched. He's a, he's playing at an MVP candidate level. Yeah. You tell me an MVP candidate can't go 35 yards in 23 seconds with a timeout? I think he can. 
He I did mean, two back-to-back go-ahead drives in the last weeks against two good teams, the Miami Dolphins and the Detroit Lions, right? People are going to discredit everything. Don't discredit the opponent now. Don't act like he didn't do something good against Miami. Don't act like he didn't find a way to win against Detroit. Because, And I'm not even saying he 100% would have did it. But if you're going to write off the fact that C.D. Lamb, who got immediately drug-tested after the game, after 227 <laughs> receiving yards, and Dak Prescott with 345 is hooping and is an MVP candidate, and I think he put himself back in the conversation, at least in the conversation. Right, not saying he's gonna win it, but the way he's played, and I'm, you know, I don't know. Either way, I, I digress. But what I'm saying is to say that he can't go 25, 30 yards in 23 seconds with a timeout is disingenuous at best, and it's like outright ignorant at worst. Yeah, I agree. That's why I mean, Lions fans, it does suck. I do empathize with you a little bit. The Cowboys fans have been on the raw end of this same deal a lot, and yeah. it, it it stings, but. Get over it. We but how many times have we said if the Cowboys did the right thing here, then take the refs out of it, right? And that's how I feel about it with Detroit. How many times did people tell us, tell us oh, ho-hum, so sad, you know, too bad. You know what I mean? That happens all the time when it comes to the Cowboys fans. I don't want to – like, you're right. Like, Detroit, it stinks, and it feels yucky for them. It doesn't feel right. But there's enough in this game where Jared Goff threw a – a screen pass interception to Jordan Lewis, right? <laughs> and then Donovan Wilson, he throws late to Donovan Wilson, who's got like minimal ball skills and comes up with an interception. So two guys that are much maligned on this defense made the play. Like, I know you got one over on John Bland and, and they barely tested Stephon Gilmore too much. Like this game, they weren't clean. I don't, people are going to pretend and, and, and rewrite history and act like Detroit was like dominant and, and they should have won this game. And, you know, it's all one call. And it's going to, you know, they'll rally around it. It's nonsense, right? Detroit had their options. They had their chances and they didn't take advantage of them. No, that's, that's also what kind of, it's, Detroit shouldn't have been able to touch that ball with a minute and 20 left. Like there's, it, it sh- right. the game should have been over. The mm-hmm. game, it should have been a final. 20 to 13. And nobody's talking about, yeah, exactly. Throwing the ball on second down and, and, you know, instead of burning off 44, 45 seconds, they get a whole chance to go down there. Troy Aikman even mentioned it on the telecast. I know you were at the game. He was like, with 27 seconds left, right before Amon Rod St. Brown scored the touchdown, you know, Troy Aikman goes, if the Cowboys don't throw it on second down here, there's no time left for Detroit to even do this. You know what I mean? So, Like that's the part where people are gonna pick and part. You're gonna pick and 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 find their own nuance and their own like, hey, this is how it should have went. Like, no, that's football, man. You know how many we we were literally on the six yard line against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia, ready to beat the the well, the big and bad Eagles at the time, and we had a penalty and we had you know short of the one yard line and we had Luke Schoonmaker at one point and we had this and we had a sack and it's like, but. We were told to shut up about that. We were told that, like, hey, just go out there and win the football game. So, likewise, Detroit, eat this L and enjoy it and taste it. And, and, and I hope you I hope you love it, honestly, because <laughs> I, I don't like the double standard stuff. Like, I get really frustrated with the whole – you know me. I was texting in the group chat. I was fired up last night because I already knew what the conversation was going to be. I already knew. I, I, I wasn't, like – overzealous in the sense that I thought they were going to win the game. I was overzealous in the fact that, like, I want to win this game because despite everything they're going to say, like, this was still a, a, a way to find a quality victory here. And can we talk about the fact that the Cowboys now have won three consecutive games against teams over 500 when the narrative was we couldn't do that? Right. Like, congratulations. Like, <laughs> How different is this the game if, if, if the go-ahead against Miami hells up and, and, and then cool. you find a way to beat the Eagles at in Philadelphia when we're at the six-yard line? Like, 
the narrative on this team, first off, we have the number one record in, in the entire football, if that happens. And two, you're looking at this team in an entirely different light. And that's so funny because now we got like the Dan Olaskis and stuff like doing the whole, the Lions got cheated and this doesn't count. I even heard Scott Van Pelt last night say, despite the win, I feel like Detroit played better. Like, I feel like this is a better game for Detroit. And I'm sitting there want to throw, he said that last night, bro. I almost lost my, what? Almost, yeah. He's like, I can't shake this feeling that Detroit feels like a, like a, a better, uh, better night tonight. Uh, out results aside and i'm like yo these people are out of their mind what i mean i know that that's ridiculous there was no the cowboys flat out they continue to shoot themselves in the foot they continue to play a bad game and they still walked out with the win no don't yeah. get me wrong don't get it twisted the cowboys were the better team on yeah. saturday night they play that game 10 times at at&t stadium i think they walk out of that with nine wins yeah and, you know, I'm not trying to piggyback on nobody here at all. Um, and I apologize if, if anybody doesn't like this conversation, but I was watching it last night. You know, I mentioned Scott Van Pelt and his coworkers. I won't say who did it. And we can figure it out if you watched it. He was dissecting the play and what the Detroit Lions did right and how the Cowboys were doing wrong and how Detroit Lions were, you know, scheming the Cowboys up to lose. And he kept referring to the linebacker in the game as Rashad Evans. This is Rashawn Evans. This is Rashawn Evans. And I'm sitting, I'm like, Rashawn Evans was cut on Wednesday. Like, <laughs> how are we getting our information from people who don't even know who are on the team? And what you saw him say, so, you know how they always say shop local? You know, they say shop local. You should go and get your information local. Come to Blog on the Boys. Come to the people that cover the team on a beat and are in the room. The national guys don't even know who are on the team. They don't even know who's on the team anymore, okay? He saw a three, and he saw maybe a two. It was probably a three. It was probably Damone Clark, but he's out here calling Rashad Evans full-chested on national television. Get your information from the people around here. And those are the ones that are going to talk down on this Cowboys win. So if you're listening to this, Cowboys fans, it's New Year's, New You. If you got new um, goals, make it the next one to don't care what the national media say. Enjoy this one. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Sorry. I Yep, yeah, I agree. The Cowboys... They were the better team, and I'm glad they came out on top. I don't, I don't like the controversy in the way that they came out on top, but I'm also not going to apologize for a win. So absolutely. And before we get out of here, right, we got a couple minutes. Let's just dissect this real quick. We'll change gears real quick, right? Um, we're recording this full, full um, transparency before the, the Sunday game kicks off. We, you know, Aiden, like I said, he's got big New Year's Eve plans, which I'm super jealous of. Because you, you, real quick, you're going from the Detroit Lions Cowboys game to the Texas Longhorns game. In New Orleans, my man is well traveled, but that's a fun weekend. Well traveled with empty pockets right now. I had that. <laughs> Listen, it, that's the kind of a sign you're doing it right, though. Like if you come out and you get <laughs> and you empty the clip and there's nothing left, now you did it right. But I say all that to say, we head into Week 18 here. The Cowboys have a game against the Washington Commanders. Is it Jacoby Brissett? Is it Sam Howell? Is it Jake Fromm? Like, what do you want them to do next week? Right? If if the Eagles win. To, and they beat Arizona on Sunday or whatever. Whatever the case may be, because we're not even going to touch on any of the what-ifs because it's too late to say. How do you want the Cowboys to respond in Week 18? We've, show, we've shown that they're going to go out there and play. They've done it before. The history tells us they're just going to go out there and ball. But is that how you want them to handle it? Yeah, I mean, I want you to. I want the Cowboys to prove. Like, they've been on, we forget, they've been on a ridiculous stretch. The last few, like, ever... If you, if you don't remember, it, it went, it's gone since the last Washington game. Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. That's a brutal stretch. You walked out of that three and two. Congratulations. Now just go to Washington and obliterate them. That's all I want to see. Like they're an inferior team. You can't obliterate them. Do yeah. it. 
Congratulations. A, you, yeah. a team full of guys with their Hawaiian shirts packed and some umbrellas ready to yeah. go and chill in the sun, go and handle business. You guys got more games to play for. I agree. And that's what Mike McCarthy and them have done. Right when you say, okay, maybe we should get Dak Prescott out of here. This game doesn't mean anything. That's the games that they're you know, fine-tuning things on offense. They're keeping guys in there. Backfired on them last year, but yeah. I don't think <laughs> you don't think that's going to get brought up again this year. Hey, guys, look what yeah. Week 18 looked like last year. They, they, they clowned us. Sam Howell birthed a career out of that, you know, that one game. All of a sudden, you became a starting quarterback the next year. Um, but with that being said, do you put real quick? Do you put in any merit in going in three straight seasons to twelve and five? Does that is that ring in your mind at all? I mean, eleven to six feels a little different than twelve and five at all. Man, I mean, no, not. I mean, I'd love to win. I'd love to hit twelve wins. But like I said, man, the sign like if you want to win a Super Bowl. You just have to keep getting in. And the Cowboys just keep getting in. They keep yep. getting in the dance. Eventually, luck's going to go their way, and the dam's going to crack, and it's going to happen. Might not be this year, but I'm just saying McCarthy's getting in. Just keep doing that, man. That's all it takes. That's it. So the yeah. Cowboys, man, 11-5, and five, heading into the new year. One more regular season game before it gets real. A lot to be sorted out over the next week or two. Um, we don't even really know what the schedule is going to look like. They're probably trying to, you know, make some things shake here that they, you know, stays advantageous on TV for the Cowboys and drama. Either way, Cowboys 11 and five found a way to win a gritty one against Detroit. This feels like a springboard game to me. I don't know if you feel the same way, but, um, Hey, you yep. know what? The Cowboys got a W and what do we say? And we don't apologize for those around here. So <laughs> never apologize. Man. Real quick. Game mail. Game, game ball. Um, yeah. See you, Lamb, man. Got to give it to him. Kid's a stud. Underrated pl- player this season. I'm, since you took obvious, the obvious answer, I'm yeah. Jordan Lewis, man. Quietly Hell balling yeah. out this season, Hell especially yeah. over the back half of the year. Needed yeah. him, right? Like, that's the yeah. thing. That's the type of guy you've, it's like, people talk down on all year, and then he's just quietly just been there making tackles, making plays, staying around, being a, let, a veteran presence. I, you got to give it to him because, like I said, people are ready to ship him out, and I think that was the wrong move, and you're absolutely in the money there. But uh, yeah. with that being said, we want to be the first to wish you guys a happy new year. Um, stay safe. Uh, appreciate you guys. We'll see you in 2024. Aiden, happy new year, my friend. Enjoy yourself. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.